Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God which engages us is just one verse of our second reading for today from Revelation chapter 21, verse 5, where God says, Behold, I am making all things new. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, a few years ago, my wife Ann and I went to a Cardinals baseball game at Bush Stadium, and while the final score wasn't what we and other Cardinals fans were hoping for, there was nonetheless something very special that happened during that game that brought a smile to all of our faces. It was time for the between-the-inning entertainment, and the announcer came up on the giant screen in the outfield and announced that it was time to play Name That Tune. He then said that today's contestant was seated right next to him, a lady named Mabel. He then went on to announce that today is Mabel's birthday, and she is 101 years old. We all smiled and applauded just for the very fact that Mabel was here at Bush Stadium at 101 years old. The announcer then went on to list all the rules for playing Name That Tune and announced that Mabel would have to identify the name of the song with only 12 notes being played, and it was a rock and roll song. I think it's fair to say that someone told Mabel the title for the song because Mabel did correctly identify that rock and roll song in only 12 notes, for which she received four free tickets to an upcoming performance at the Fox Theater. The screen then cut away to a commercial for that upcoming performance, and when the camera came back, there was Mabel standing up in front of her seat and waving her four tickets with great enthusiasm. Again, we all smiled and applauded. It was so refreshing to see someone 101 years old with that much vigor and vitality. It was so refreshing because that's not normally what we see and what we experience, is it? Living in a sin-permeated world, we're faced every day with the way sin ravages God's creation, beginning with us and with our own bodies, from arthritis to cancer to heart disease to strokes, and the list could go on and on and on. This is not the way God created us. We can see also how sin impacts and ravages the world around us, God's creation. From the earthquakes, like the one we had a couple of weeks ago, to the wildfires, such as those that are burning in Southern California at this time, to the floods, tornadoes, and hurricanes that can wipe out entire communities at a time. Again, this is not the way God created the world. And we can see the ravaging effects of sin also on our own relationships with one another, from the anger to the coveting to the greed to the jealousy, if not resulting in outward acts of sin, 
certainly resulting in internal sins of the heart and the mind. And unfortunately, every day now, we can turn on the television and see the result of evil and sin in our world in the bombing and the killing of innocent civilians, including even women and children in Ukraine. Indeed, this is not the way God created things. Living in the midst of this stale and sin-ravaged world, our text for today is like a breath of fresh air. It's like that first wonderful day of spring when you can open up the windows and let all the fresh air in and breathe it in deeply. Because in our text for today, God gives us a glimpse into our future, a future in which he is going to make all things new. And that all things new begins with a new heaven and a new earth, as our second lesson begins, a recreated, if you will, a reformed, a refashioned heavens and earth that which would resemble God's original creation, the one that he pronounced to be very good after he had finished creating it, a world, heavens, and earth that are no longer impacted and devastated by sin and all of its effects. And accompanying that new heavens and new earth in our text is the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, we, we read, adorned and prepared as a bride for her husband. Now, if you've attended a wedding here at St. Paul's, and I assume it's similar in a lot of churches, there is that dramatic moment where the doors at the end of the center aisle open, and there for the first time, the congregation gets a glimpse of the bride beautifully adorned for her husband. And at that point, the groom also, for the first time, gets the glimpse of his bride, beautifully adorned, something that many grooms will never forget for the rest of their lives. Well, if that bride is unforgettable, how much more unforgettable will be the coming down of this holy city, this new Jerusalem, beautifully adorned as a bride for her husband. There are several places throughout the scriptures that God compares his relationship with us to that of a husband and a wife. And that so-called marriage has had some rocky times, not because of God, but because of us particularly in the Old Testament, for example, where God's people were seemingly continually unfaithful to him, always going off and worshiping the false gods of the Canaanites around them. And if we are honest with ourselves, we must admit that we cannot claim unadulterated faithfulness to God either. But fortunately, there is another section of Scripture where God compares his relationship with us to that of a husband with a wife, it is in Ephesians chapter 5, 
where Paul writes, Husbands, love your wives the way Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It is that giving himself up for us, voluntarily and willingly by Christ on the cross, that makes our becoming new spiritually even possible. It makes God's creation around us becoming new even possible. It makes also our relationships both with God and with one another becoming new even possible. And it gives life new meaning and new purpose. It was there in the baptismal font that God made you new. Paul, again, in Ephesians 5, talks about how Christ in our baptism cleansed us with the washing of water and the word. Washing of water and the word, a clear reference to holy baptism. And it's through that washing of water and the word that we no longer appear before God in the dirt and in the filth of our sin, It is through that washing of water in the word that we now appear before God, both individually and collectively, beautifully adorned as a bride prepared for her husband. And it is through that washing of water in the word that we appear before God without any spot or blemish or wrinkle, perfect in his sight. God has already made you new, for in your baptism he has raised you to new life with Christ, and he will make you new to an even greater extent when Christ returns on the last day. For just as Jesus rose from the dead, just as he proved his authority over life and death by raising three people that we know of from death to life once again, so also he will return, and he will raise you, and he will raise me, just as he promised. And it is with new bodies that we will then enter the new heaven and the new earth, bodies described in scripture as glorious bodies, bodies no longer bearing the impact of sin and evil. So no more arthritis, no more cancer, no more heart disease, no more strokes, not even a pandemic to be found. And what an incredible existence that will be. Everything that is so-called old and is connected with sin and evil in this world will be no more. God will get rid of it all. And that's the way the verses just before our text have John so beautifully describing that process. We read, And he, God, will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And then in the beautiful words of our text, God says, Behold, I am making all things new. On that day, God's creation will be again exactly as he intended it to be. 
you and I on that day, will be exactly as God intended us to be. Our relationships with God and with one another on that day will also be exactly as God intended them to be. We can't even imagine what that is going to be like, how incredible it will be. And today, here at St. Paul's, we pause and recognize that leading children in particular to that new heaven and that new earth is something that Janet Profilet and Becky Hohenstein have been doing for the vast majority of their adult lives. In fact, they have dedicated their lives to doing just that. Today we pause and give thanks to God for these two servants and the combined 79 years of collective service that they have rendered to God, leading children to that new heaven and that new earth. And that leading children to the new heaven and new earth has not been confined to their classrooms. For indeed, they have engaged in and led many, many extracurricular activities, too numerous to mention, that also had the impact of leading children to the new heaven and the new earth. How gratifying it's going to be for them on the day when they enter the new, new heaven and new earth to see the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of children that they have helped guide along the way. And knowing them as I do, I know that they would respond by saying, God alone deserves all the praise and glory and thanks. We are just his instruments. And while that is true, today we want to stop and give thanks to God for those two incredibly effective instruments that have been in our midst for so many, many years. Old-time Cardinals fans will remember that when you went to Bush Stadium, the pregame entertainment began with the then field announcer, John Hewlett, saying, Cardinals fans, good evening. Welcome to Bush Stadium. Welcome to baseball heaven. Something that Cubs fans never liked to hear. As a result of what we've seen today and what God has done both for us and in us, you and I will be welcomed one day as well. Not to baseball heaven, but to the new heaven and the new earth. And we will be welcomed not by John Hewlett, but by Christ himself, who will say to us, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom that has been prepared for you from the foundation of the world. All of that because God is making all things new. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.